Hey there everyone, welcome aboard, and glad you could join us for this week's episode of Random Song Encounters. I'm your host and Captain Gene Vincent, and we're off on a one-hour cruise through the musical decades. As usual, we're departing from Command Central out here in the SoCal Desert, so without an ocean or a lake or a river around, we're going to make a couple of laps around the community pool instead. Uh, episode 16 is where we're at, and it's ready to roll out with a highly explosive top-notch playlist that'll soon be the talk around the water cooler, uh, assuming those even exist anymore with COVID and so on and so forth. <laughs> uh, this week's episode is titled Strip Search for no other reason than, you know, hoping that you never have to submit to one. Uh, I haven't and uh, don't intend to, but, you know, you never know. Let's get right into segment one. So put on your life jackets and let's kick off this shindig uh, with a rocker by one of the hugely influential groups back from the 60s, the Sonics. Dig it.
yourself with every selfie. Lose sleep over wealth, it's not healthy. Finding a new religion on Yelp to come help me. Praying to the label itself, do not shelf me. In the middle with the beggars and rejects. Reading between texts, weed, liquor, and sex.
there you go. Segment one in the books. Hope everybody's still on board. We were rocking and rolling there with that first tune and thought we might capsize, but we were able to stay, uh, keep it straight, and uh, we're still rolling along. Uh, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, we started off with Sugary by the Sonics out of Tacoma, Washington, uh, from their actually their 2015 album. This is the Sonics, which was their fifth LP. Um, this album was put out after, uh, you know, it, it was like their first LP release in nearly 50 years, and it's remarkable how great they still sound, uh, especially Jerry Rosley, who's the, who handles the vocal duties, and he can still rattle and howl with the best of them. Uh, they were actually formed in 1960, uh, but their career didn't really start in earnest until 1964 when Jerry Rosalie uh, took over the vocal duties and they've been known uh, as for their aggressive and hard-edged sound uh, and they've influenced numbers of uh, numerous bands including like the likes of Nirvana, LCD Sound System, the Stooges, the Hives, White Stripes, so on and so forth. Um, this this new album, this 2015 LP, is just like the you know goes takes you right back to the 1960s garage era all over again, uh, and was even recorded in they call earth shaking mono instead of stereo, uh, which is a real great sound for them. Uh, the song itself, Sugary, is a remake of a song that was written by old time country star Marty Robbins back in 1956. And if, uh, I think there's a YouTube video from Marty Robbins performing this song. Uh, it's kind of a rockabilly tune. It's a, it's actually a, a good track. Uh, and uh, but you know this definitely kicks it up about ten notches. After that, we uh, toned it down a little bit, and uh, we played "Wouldn't It Be Good" by Nick Kershaw out of the UK uh, from his 1984 album "Human Racing," which was his debut LP. He started a solo career in '82, after signing, uh, after singing in a number of local bands. He decided, you know, enough of this. I'm going to try it solo, and uh, had a pretty good career for, you know, three, four years. Uh, he came into prominence in '84 with this album, and uh, he's still out there uh, collaborating, putting out music. Uh, I, I think he most recently delivered a new LP in 2020, so uh, a couple of years back. Uh, the highlight of his career was performing at Live Aid in 1985, uh, but uh, that's also when his career started to take a downturn and uh, hits started co stopped coming, and uh, and so be it. Uh, after that, uh, we heard Rock Me from Steppenwolf out of L.A. It's off their 1969 album Match Your Birthday Party, which was their third LP. Uh, the group named Steppenwolf was... Uh, I guess obviously inspired by a guy named Herman Hesse's novel of the same name. Uh, they're, they're kind of famously known for inventing the term uh, heavy metal uh, from their song Born to be Wild, although in the song it's more referenced as a you know, um, Harley Davidson or, or motorcycle, has a motorcycle reference as heavy metal, but it turned into a a rock reference, and like I say, that was kind of the, the start of that, uh, uh, the reference from that particular tune. Uh, they finally broke up in 1976, and then uh, 
they had an initial parting in 72, but they had, had a short reunion and then finally broke up in 76. Um, this particular album, At Your Birthday Party, was the last of their albums to make the top ten. Next, uh, we came all the way back to 2019 in a song called Apologize by a guy named Jordan Benjamin, who goes by the recording artist's name is Grandson, also out of L.A. Um, he released his major label debut on, uh, in 2018 via EP uh, called Modern Tragedy Volume 1. Of course, this was a Modern Va Tragedy Volume 2. Uh, he moved to L.A. from Canada to pursue a music career, and uh, most of his songs focus on modern-day issues um, about less-than-recognized issues uh, by the media and the public. As this particular song, uh, you can tell, is a you know is especially uh, poignant in that reference. And it talks about you know uh, references to uh, uh, Yelp and so on and so forth. So. Uh, He's also released uh, two studio LPs, uh, like the, the part of the song where he talks about he's never been a perfect soul, but he's not going to apologize. Last but not least, in that first segment, we heard Wishing Well by the UK group Free back in uh, 1973 off their album Heartbreaker, which was their sixth and final LP before they split. They were formed in 1968. And they were always known for their live shows and their nonstop touring. Uh, they were on the go, go, go all the time. Um, they were actually all, this is another one of those, you know, deals where they were all teenagers when they signed and recorded their first album. Um, they were all in, in the ages between 15 and 18. Uh, they disbanded in 1973 with over 20 million records sold and they had played in more than 700 arenas and festival concerts, which is a astronomical amount for just a, you know, whatever, five-year period. Um, you probably recognize the voice, the lead singer, Paul Rogers, who's been around, you know, is still doing it and has done it with a number of bands. Uh, after the breakup of uh, Free, Paul and Simon Kirk, who was the drummer in, in the band Free, uh, got together and went on to form the band Bad Cup, Bad, the you know, super group Bad Company, with Mick Ralph's uh, Mott the Hoople fame and Boz Burrell of King Crimson fame. So uh, uh, that's their story, and they're sticking to it, and uh, we're going to move on. Uh, let's head right into segment two, and we've got a tune for you by the Yardbirds. Let's go.
there you have it. We're right on course now and we're cruising. We just cruised right through segment two, as a matter of fact. Uh, let's work our way backwards and uh, see where we've been and then we'll figure out where we're going from there. Uh, the song you just heard is called You and I by Graham Coxon uh, out of the UK. Off his 2005 LP, uh, Love Travels at, at Illegal Speeds, his sixth solo LP. Uh, we actually hit, I think, five decades in that particular, those particular five songs in segment two. Um, Graham is uh, best known as a lead guitarist and one of the founding members of the English group Blur. Um, along the way, he's also had a solo career since 1998 in which he produces and plays all the instruments in his solo albums, uh, so quite a talented guy. He was actually uh, I, uh, noted as one of the greatest guitarists in 2010 over the la prior 30 years in the UK, so uh, very talented and a uh, real cool song there, You and I, check it out. Um, prior to that, we went back to 1987 and No New Tale to Tell by Love and Rockets. Uh, off their, son, off their third LP, Earth, Sun, Moon. And Eleven Rockets were formed in 1985 uh, by some three of the former members of Bauhaus uh, and led by frontman Daniel Ash. Uh, two of the members had also recorded in another 80s band called Tones on Tail, which some of you may know of or recognize. Uh, they've released seven LPs before splitting in 1999. Uh, the band name is taken from... Uh, a comic book series of the same name by uh, the Hernandez brothers. So a little story there about how they came about. Prior to that, we got a little poppy, a little pop rock, uh, and the song Dusseldorf by Teleman out of the UK off his uh, 2016 LP, Brilliant, Brilliant Sanity, which is their second LP. Uh, the band's name in this case is inspired by uh, a composer named George Philip Telemann, and that they, they ran across uh, an album cover when they were browsing around a, a charity shop uh, in the UK. Uh, they got together in 2011 and released their first single in 2013. This particular track, Dusseldorf, is kind of a uh, homage to uh, German electronic music or kraut rock, as they call it. Uh, as you can hear, the you know. Craftwork-like synthesizers and the new, like propulsion that uh, comes into this track, along with the playing guitars. Uh, but uh, great, great little track. Really like that one. Uh, before that, we went kind of trip hop uh, in the song "Strip Search" by Faith No More out of the San Francisco, off their 1997 LP album of the year, which was their sixth. Um, they formed in '79. Uh, and went through quite a few name changes and lineup changes uh, before landing on the name Faith No More. They were called originally Sharp Young Men and then Faith No Man. Uh, you know, current lead singer Mike Patton joined the band in 1988 after they had put out two, uh, two LPs. Uh, this particular song, like I said, has got a kind of a trip-hop feel. But the album as a whole is really a heavy metal album, uh, as, as everybody remembers um, Faith No More as for their songs like uh, We Care A Lot and Epic, so on and so forth. Um, this was 
the last album that they issued before they went on a self-imposed 11-year uh, hiatus, but they're still floating around, making music, uh, touring here and there, and uh, still uh, practicing the craft. Back at the beginning, uh, we actually went back to 1966 and called, uh, song Shapes of Things by the Yardbirds out of the UK. Uh, this particular song, Shapes of Things, was a single-only release. It wasn't put out on an LP until uh, they finally put together a, like a Greatest Hits uh, release uh, at some point in time. Uh, they the band was formed in, in 1963, and you know if you don't know, uh, you will now, but uh, it spawned the careers of, of three of rock's most famous guitarists, Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, and Jimmy Page, all played in the Yard Yardbirds. Uh, at different points during the, the band's career. Uh, sorry, Eric Clapton was the first, and then I think uh, Jeff Beck and then Jimmy Page afterwards. They may have, I think they even played together for a little while, but they were all new of each other. I think Eric Clapton, when he left, he actually um, you know, suggested Jimmy Page, and Jimmy was tied up with something else, so he suggested Jeff Beck, and then after that, Jimmy, Jimmy became available, and and Jeff Jeff left, left so you know, like, uh, regardless, they had uh, you know three great guitarists in their in their group. Um, the band name. There's a couple different songs, couple uh, different um, stories about how the band name came about. Yardbirds. Uh, one is that uh, they took the reference from a novel from Jack Kerouac's On the Road, uh, and then the other is uh, uh, they took the nickname of jazz saxophonist. Charlie Yardbird Parker, and use that for their name. Uh, not sure which is the correct, or maybe it's a little bit of both, but uh, that's the, those are the two uh, two options out there. This particular song, Shapes of Things, is also called uh, possibly the first popular psychedelic rock song uh, of the 60s um, because it's used some lyrics uh, related to war and environment, and then Jeff Beck his great uh, solo on this particular track that, you know, goes to that fuzz, uh, fuzz sound, back feedback sound. Uh, so uh, that, they're saying that's, uh, like I say, one of the first popular psychedelic rock songs. Jeff Beck himself said uh, that for him and his time, during his time in the Yardbirds, it was, it was the pinnacle of what they done, had done while he was with them. And uh, if he did nothing else, it was his best single. So there you have segment two. Let's keep uh, the boat upright and move right on to segment three. And we're going back to 1973 and Chicago.
And there you have segment three. That's the end of our cruise for today. And hey, we got back to port without any loss of life. We're taking on any water. So that's a victory in my book. Uh, let's go back and see where what we covered in segment three. Um, we started off with Feeling Stronger Every Day by Chicago uh, from their 1973 LP, Chicago 6, which was their fifth LP. Uh, formed in 1967, they were originally called Chicago Transit Authority after the, uh, the sh name and after the city, uh, the city's own uh, transit authority. Uh, largely influenced by jazz, uh, their music also combines classical R&B and pop music elements. Um, Jimi Hendrix loved these guys. They to he toured with them for a while and uh, once said that you know Chicago's horn players are, are like one set of lungs, uh, the way they play together and the way they sound, and the guitar player is better than him. So uh, that was... <laughs> Jimmy loved them. Uh, this was the second of five consecutive LPs, Chicago 6, to reach number one in the U.S. Uh, they're still out there touring, and uh, I think they're actually coming on to the western United States somewhere in the in the very near future. Um, saw something just recently where I can't remember who they're touring with, but uh, something coming. Secondly, we heard a song called Wide Open Space by a group called Manson, that's M-A-N-S-U-N, out of the U.K., uh, off their 1997 LP, Attack of the Grey Lantern, which was their debut LP. They were formed in 1995, but split uh, eight years later in 2003. And in, in between, they released four LPs. Um, the band was supposedly first called Manson, like Charles Manson, M-A-N-S-O-N, but they uh, were threatened by a lawsuit from Charles Manson's estate, so they changed the spelling from you know, took out the O and put a U in and uh, went on with life. Uh, the album is supposedly a concept, has a concept, sept, ugh, say that three times, concept storyline referred to as small town weirdo observations. Um, and they've got some influences from uh, the UK TV shows, The Goon Show and Monty Python. So uh, a lot going on there. After that, uh, we heard something by the group called Hidden Cameras out of Canada. Their song Mind, Matter, and Waste uh, off their 2009 uh, B-side to a single. Uh, the single, is, uh, the A-side is called In the N-A. This is the B-side. It was never released on an LP. Uh, but it's a great song. Uh, maybe it should have been the A-side. I don't know. Uh, they're fronted by singer-songwriter Joel Gibb who describes their music as gay church folk music. Uh, and their live shows feature elaborate uh, you know, uh, pieces with like go-go dancers and choirs and a string section. So, uh, you know, they're out there. Uh, but they're still doing, making music. Um, after that, we heard The Geeks Were Right by The Faint out of Nebraska. Now, their 2008 LP, Fascination, um, their fifth LP, uh, three of the bandmates <laughs> originally they used to just hang out and skateboard together, but one of the uh, one of the one of the friends uh, developed knee problems, so they decided hey, they better drop the skateboard uh, deal, and they started to shift their hobby to music. Uh, they became the Faint in 1998, 
after original member Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes fame and some solo efforts uh, left the band. So they changed uh, changed the name to The Faint, uh, and uh, they actually toured with Connor Oberst and Bright Eyes at, uh, at one point in time uh, and stayed close. They were and they were even on the same record label for a while. Last but not least, we heard the Ghost at Number One by Jellyfish out of the uh, San Francisco from their 1993 album Spilt Milk. Uh, they formed in 89 and they were known uh, for a blend of 60s classic rock and you know, if you know XTC in the 80s, they're at the 80s style of power pop. Uh, they split in 94. Uh, a year after this album was released, they were you know having poor record sales and you know they just happened to hit and uh, put out this type of music at the time when grunge was getting really big and uh, you know so kind of got shuffled to the bottom of the deck uh, and they were also having some issues internally between the, the two songwriting partners with growing differences in musical direction and you know the fighting over what type of songs were going to be on uh, they were going to move forward with in the future uh, the name jellyfish was was proposed by a, a record label executive when they were putting the band together and the band originally rejected it, uh, didn't want, want it, but uh, hey, it came to decide to issue their first LP and they decided to go with Jellyfish. Uh, they couldn't come up with a better alternative and so they stuck with it. Um, the band itself considers this to be their masterpiece and has really, uh, really dug how this came together. So there you go. That's the show for today. So let's wrap it up. Go from there. As I said, that's a wrap on episode 16. Glad you were able to join us on our cruise around the musical decades and hope you'll continue to do so every week, 52 weeks a year. Uh, by the way, watch your step as you disembark. And please feel free to drop me a line if you want to contribute a suggestion to the show. And thanks again for joining us every week. Till next week, as always, and as always, make sure you share the good stuff. See ya.